Well, it is truly 2020. I know that because my Christmas tree is already up. It was up before Thanksgiving. And that has never happened probably in the entire uh, duration of our marriage. I typically put it up sometime around the middle of, of December. And so I know that it's a new year. It's different this year. I think that is because I really, really am leaning into the desire to be a part of something like Christmas, right? Something that feels normal, something that warms my soul. I want so much to sing the songs, tell the stories, and lean into the spirit of hope that is found in the Christmas season. So we, um, we have this Advent worship series that we're calling Companies Coming, getting ready preparing for the birth of the new child, the company that's coming. I think that it's appropriate because this year may not be the year that we get to entertain big in our homes, but yet we still are preparing for the company that's coming through the hymns and the traditions of the church, the lighting of the tree, the decorating of this beautiful space in here, and the lighting of the advent wreath, always one of my favorites. <clears throat> This is the season when we remember the arrival of the baby born long ago in a stable. And it is also the season when we prepare for the coming of the Christ again one day. That's what Advent means. I had to look it up and remind myself back from my seminary days exactly what the origins of this Advent season is. And so I discovered that back in the 5th and the 6th century, the church decided it was time to really talk about how we prepare, how we lean into the coming of the Advent, uh, uh, the coming of the Christmas. And so they, they put together the season of Advent, and they, they called it the arrival, the preparation for the arrival of the Christ child and the, and the preparation for the coming again of Christ, both, both what was and what is to come. The creations of our, the creators of our Christian year that Diane talked about in our Advent, um, in our Advent calendars, in our Advent season, uh, has these readings throughout Advent that both hang on to the, the prophets and the gospel, the story of the birth of the new baby. And so this morning, our Advent readings are from Isaiah. We heard some of it at the Advent candle, and we heard some of it in our call to worship. It is a story from Isaiah. Actually, Isaiah cries out for the people. They are a people that, that is waiting for God to break in, and they say, won't you, God, just literally tear open the heavens? Won't you shake the mountains? Won't you uh, uh, make the water boil? Not only so that our enemies will know that you are God, but so that we will know that you are God. We know our faith tells us that you are always present, but we have, we have missed you somehow. We need to know beyond a shadow of doubt that you are still God. And we know the rest of the story, don't we? We know that after the time of Isaiah, the world cried out again for a savior and God answered them and God broke into the world in the form of a tiny baby in the back alleys of a little town called Bethlehem. 
We know how God's love broke in at Christmas time and shook the foundations of the earth. This love was mostly unnoticed at the time and, and sometimes unseen, but what we know in, as we look back on that story is we know that love won. That love triumphed over all darkness that the world could, could put upon us. And so we enter this season coming again and again to this story, this story of Jesus. We tell it to our grandchildren. We tell it to our children. We tell it to one another to remind us of how God became flesh and dwelt among us in the, in the stable. But we tell it not only to remember how Jesus came to be, but also to help us remember how to recognize how God enters the world in what might seem unnoticeably ways. Our gospel lectionary after Isaiah is, is about Jesus calling us to remember that Jesus will come again. This is an odd lectionary text, and when Martin and I began to look at it, we said, what in the world is going on? Isn't this Jesus talking about, about end times, about when Jesus comes again? What does that have to do with the birth of the baby? But, but when we look at what Advent means, it means that we hold in tension that which was and that which is yet to come. And so we are met in Mark in the 13th chapter, verses 24 through 37, when Jesus gathers around him his closest friends and he begins to tell them about what is going to come. He offers them first a promise, and then he offers them advice in the waiting of the promise. So I'll be reading from the 13th chapter, the 24th verse. Listen now for God's holy words through Jesus. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heavens, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with power, great power and glory, then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. And then Jesus turns to them and he says, here's what you're going to do in the waiting. He says, you know, but about that day and about that hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the home will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at the cockcrow, or at dawn. Or else he might, may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God. So this Advent season is kind of an odd place for us moderns. We, uh, we actually know this story well that happened 2,000 years ago in a stable in a little town called Bethlehem. 
We love to tell that story. We know how God broke into the chaos of the world. And we also know that Jesus is to come. We don't know when, but we know that Jesus is to come again. And so the task of Advent for us in our world today is to teach us year after year how to pay attention to what is and what might be, not simply to look, like, look at what was. This is not simply a memorial time, to think about the stories of old, to lean into that which comforts us or long for the days as they used to be. But it is a time for us to actually lean into what is and to anticipate what is to come. During my lifetime, I've had to ha use a lot of imagination to understand the world in which Jesus was born. I cannot begin to understand what it might be like to be under uh, Roman rule. And so I had to kind of imagine that. And as I studied for today's uh, scripture lessons, I leaned into the scholarship around Isaiah. And there was one scholar that talked about what it was like to be the people of Israel who were in exile during that time. And the more I read about what it was like for them, I began to realize it sounds a little bit about the, like the world we're in today. So I'm going to share with you what he says about it, but I'm going to update it, and I'm going to tell it as if he's talking about us today. He says, we are a people in exile. A people in exile. I think we are in exile. We're in this time between a world that we used to know exactly how to navigate. The seasons were were well planned out for us. The way we went to work, the way we shopped, the way we interacted with one another was, was, was easy for us to navigate. And now we are in exile from that. It's, he said that the foundation of their nation, the foundation of our nation, the foundation of our very world has been shaken. I think we can all agree that during this time, we don't know what that foundation looks like. Many of our comforts, which we once took for granted, have now been taken away from us by the circumstances of our world. And this one really got me. He said, our human institutions that we construct, including the church, my friends, no longer hold that security that we expect from those human institutions. It calls into question everything we understand about our world. And so, he says, we begin to look elsewhere. We begin to look elsewhere into places where we can find meaning, places where we can find um, an understanding. And so I began to think, where are these places that we look? And so I see that we find it in social media. Social media is not a bad thing, my friends. But when we misuse or misappropriate it, it begins to cause problems and troubles in our world. We begin, we find ourselves looking towards the philosophical truths of the world rather than the truths of our faith. 
We begin to lean into the political rhetoric that not only shows up on, on the, the scenes in our community and our state and national scenes, but it shows up at our dining room table. And we try to find a meaning in, these, in these, these discourses that have become anxiety-ridden and filled with conflict. And then all of a sudden we begin to look around us and we realize that all of these things that we are looking elsewhere for, they are on shaky foundation. And I find myself saying, is my faith shaky? If you're like me, you begin to see, look around the world, and you say, gee, we are in a mess here. But the scariest thing for me is that I find that I am responsible for much of the mess that I live in. And so we need a boost. We need a boost this Advent season, don't we? We need God to make God's self known to us in a new and exciting way in this Advent season like no other Advent season. We need to, to lean into the opportunity to look back at the Christ story and also at the same time to look forward to the promises that God gives us in Jesus. So what are we to do with this Advent season of waiting? Diane says, we turn the page one day at a time as we get closer to Christmas. And in fact, we do that. But how do we begin to clean up the mess that we're responsible for? I think Jesus offered us some advice in this waiting. He said, it's like the man who leaves the slaves in, uh, in, in, responsible for the world, takes a trip and leaves us in charge. He gave every one of us something to do, work, assigned us work. That is what our job is in the waiting, is this work. And what is this work? John Wesley tells us it's three simple rules. That we should do no harm that we should do all the good we can in the world, and that we should do everything we can to stay in love with God. They might be simple, but I'm here to tell you they're not easy. None of those rules are easy. They're difficult. Jesus says it this way. He says, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then you are to love your neighbor as yourself. These two are connected. And we know friends, that these are not easy things to do. And so I began to wonder, how is it that we do these things and change the mess that we're in? What if, what if before we repeated a negative thing that is said about one person, instead we propose a positive thing about that person? What if Instead of saying something that was distasteful in another, we recognize what we admire in that person. What if before we spewed hatred and criticism and condemnation, we actually took a breath and we offered in its place love and affirmation and hope? What if we quit referring to the other person as the other? And instead, we called them brother 
or sister or friend. This is hard work. It's hard work in my own family. I find it increasingly more difficult to find those kind words to say in a world that is filled with all kinds of opportunity to be at odds with one another. But, but we have each other. And we have to recognize that we are going to slip up, that we're going to fail on so many fronts, and that's when we need one another to lift us up and say, it's okay, God is with us. We didn't get into this mess overnight, and I promise we're not going to get out of it overnight either. And what we have to do as we lean into one another, as we work so hard to make the world a better place to be, is we remember that we're not alone. That what we see in front of us is not all that there is. Because God is in this mess with us. God is not the mess, let me be clear. But God breaks into our mess and stands beside us and walks beside us. That is the promise of the Christ child and the promise of the Christ that is yet to come. So let us keep awake, friends. Company is coming. Amen.